right, so me, Alex, and Dan are here with Nika, uh, also known as Zola Jesus. Hello. Um, and we are going to talk about, I guess, broadly, the way that streaming is manipulated by both Spotify and major labels to kind of screw over artists. Um, but I thought it would be fun to start with a really specific example of uh, there's this artist on Spotify called Sleepy John. You can check him out. He's got 110,000 monthly listeners. Um, <laughs> in the last year, he's put out 14 albums of about 1,000 songs. Um, people are really fucking with his song, Thunder and Rain Sounds Part 1, Th <laughs> Thunder and Rain Sounds Part 2. Like, you know, 100,000 plus listeners on each of these. It's a very um, Trumpian name. Sleepy John. <laughs> Sleepy John is at it again. Yeah. <laughs> he should run for office, yeah. He's already got a defense against that. He's got so many storms, close the window. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, doesn't he call Joe Biden Sleepy Joe? It's pretty oh, much man. that. Yeah. yeah, Sleepy Joe, Sleepy Eyes Chuck Todd. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys... Uh, when you notice this artist and you start looking through his stuff, every song is exactly one minute long. Every album has about 160 songs on it. Yeah. And all of them are just sounds of nature and shit. Smart. I'm not even I'm not even seeing albums. I'm just seeing a single playlist. If you go to his artist page, you'll find his albums like um Baby Sleep White Noise, Baby Sleep Music Bedtime Lullaby. <laughs> Baby Sleep White Noise sounds like a White House song. <laughs> I was just gonna say the same thing. <laughs> it's yeah. like power electronic yeah. side project. Yeah, it's a boy it's a it's a Boyd Rice ambient album. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh man, he actually really went out there and started doing other cool shit like hair dryer white noise sleep Whoa. and fan sounds white noise sleep. This is kind of fetish. It sounds kind of fetishy. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> borderline like ASMR kind of. Yeah, yeah. man. I like that his his tagline is uh, "When silence is not enough," <laughs> <laughs> which is oh, which God. is like vaguely threatening. <laughs> and and his profile picture is just of a like a sort of a man shape in front of the aurora borealis with a. What appears to be like a sort of stovetop espresso maker in a cup. How much do you want to guess that every single image used for Sleepy John, all of them are stock? Oh, definitely. 100%. Well, then that should be, there's some copyright infringement happening. Who's copywriting the thunder, right. though, I guess? The Lord. S Sleepy John Sleepy John has a Twitter and he has... 23 followers. How many tweets does he <laughs> well, have? He's not as, not as influential. Listeners. Not a Twitter influencer, <laughs> that's for sure. He's, he's posted a grand total of one times. What do he say? He said, check out my new album. <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird. That's the opposite uh, but this approach. Is, yeah. But okay, get this. This is the only interaction on Sleepy Jones' Twitter page. A, a guy with 110,000 listens per month. He posted, check out my new album, Thunderstorm and Rain, hashtag Sleepy John, hashtag Sleep, hashtag Mindfulness. <laughs> and, the only, and the only response to it is something called Oxygen Beats on December 5th, 2018, saying, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I bet all so, those people, like Oxygen Beats and Sleepy John, they're all like, hang, they all make production music probably together. Yeah, definitely. They're probably they're like, just like... like 
library music guys mining the system yeah so nika that article you posted from rolling stone that's from earlier this year basically said something along those lines where it's just like a production house kind of like they used to do in like the 50s and earlier where it's just a bunch of like artists who aren't really known just cranking out whatever they're told to crank out by a sony or whomever you know yeah yeah it's like it's fake music fake music i mean it's it's pretty surreal that and and it's pretty surreal that they do it in order to um, a lot of it in the article it says Spotify does it in order to kind of keep some of the stream money. So they're basically trying to rig the the process of even how they um, divvy up the the funds, which already in itself is deeply flawed. Um, and then they're just trying to exploit that as much as they can, which is just so it's so like dark. <laughs> Yeah, I think we should go into the process of how they split up funds because it's like worth noting yeah. that like yeah. in theory, something like Sleepy John's really fucking funny to me. Like if if this wasn't taking money from other artists, it would be really funny. But the thing is, Spotify just puts all the money in a pool, then they divvy it up by percentage of listens. So if everyone's listening to more music on Spotify, then everyone's making less money. Each artist is getting less for the same pool. You know what I mean? Like it's not paid out yeah. per listen. It's paid out a percentage of the pool. So when an artist like Sleepy John exists, he's actually taking money away from real artists. Yeah, totally. And like, I'm getting a little bit of Drake's money and Drake's getting a little bit of my money. And, but also by Drake, like having more people listening to Drake, less people just based on the ratio of how things are, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And the, uh, and in a more fair system, you could like, it's not an inherently, broken system but it is broken by how it actually works in practice yeah know? like what if there was what if there was an artist and they had a diehard fan who listened to them every single day like all day you know every month and then that person's however much a month you know went to that artist directly and it you know and there was better accounting or like bookkeeping for the listens yeah. because it's just it's this is kind of like this is problematic well the it's also harming the uh, the hairdryer industry. It's I know, right? Leave the hairdryer on all night to sleep. I, and the fan true. industry yeah. for the fan. I haven't needed a fan in years. For the last, it's harming the thunderstorm industry. Yeah. It's true. For the last uh, fifty years, if uh, you had insomnia and you went to the doctor and you said, "Doctor, I can't sleep," the doctor would say, um, "Have do you own a hairdryer?" And if you said if you said no, uh, they would give you they would tell you where the nearest Canadian tire was, and say go buy a hair dryer, plug it in, leave it on, and and you'll be cured. And that's what Spotify. If and you were a babbling brook, you could get work eight hours a night in someone's apartment <laughs> just babbling for them. <laughs> oh, to be a babbling brook. Yeah. How easy. There's well, no they, money in babbling brooks anymore. Yeah. <laughs> there are no actual thunderstorms. Yeah. It's like now that you can record. When was the last time you heard a thunderstorm? Only through sleep. We need to get Muse on here to tell us how the harp program is changing the weather to have no thunderstorms. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, okay, so you know the the reason that uh, things like or things I, I'll say it's a thing. It's not a person. Sleepy John is a thing. Um, mm -hmm. Sleepy John is like a, a unit of commerce, but um, the way this works is basically. Sleepy John and, uh, you know, possibly hundreds. I think there's like at least 50 or 60 identified Spotify bands. Um, these artists or, or sort of fake bands 
they put their music out on record labels like Epidemic Sound, which houses, I think, like 90% of the bands listed in the article that you posted, Nika. Mm-hmm. And the deal, and the deal with Epidemic Records is, I'm lo- their brand tagline that I'm looking at right now is uh, handpicked royalty free music, hmm. which means, <laughs> which means basically hand-picked. they're waving. So artists like Sleepy John, things like Sleepy John, are waving their royalty rights, which means like as per you know the way they divide up Spotify divides up royalties. That means Spotify saved themselves four and a half million dollars in potential streaming, like stream payouts, because they're creating their own bands and uh, putting them out through these these clearinghouse labels. Like Epidemic Music is responsible for most of this stuff, and then they have a sub publishing company called like Yellowstone Music or something. Now, for big shots like us, four point five million dollars might not sound like a lot, but to some of the listeners out there. <laughs> That's that's some money right there. That's right. That is some money. That's some people see. It's some money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Man, I was really fucking with Cafe Sound Study and Focus until Sleepy John dropped Baby Sleep White Noise. <laughs> and then I thought that was his best album. I I don't even have Spotify, so I don't like I have it for my for my music as an artist, but um I don't use it. Yeah, that's the thing too. Like there used to be a lot of holdouts, like obviously like Radiohead, everything on Drag City, etc. But one by one they all just caved because you can't really like fight it anymore. Yeah. Like no. you just have to put shit on there whether you like it or not. Well, here you know? the, the, the kind of the predicament that we're put in as musicians is it's like, okay, so we are so grateful to have the opportunity that people want to listen to our music. So we need to make it available and accessible to anybody because these days fewer and fewer people are listening to any type of music. It's all kind of really distilling to the top. So we're like anything like, you know, I'll put it on Spotify, I'll put it on Bandcamp, whatever you want. Like you can have it wherever you want it. (laughs) But then it's like at the cost of, well, what is that at the cost of? Well, no one wants to buy the records anymore. So then we've got to kind of grovel to them and like, I'm so grateful to be able to do this for a living. But then that sort of humility hits you when you realize like, I'm almost not doing this for a living. Like, you know, at at what point is like, at what point have artists or like, yeah, artists in general, like their worth, we are worthless. And so we act like we're worthless because it's like, no one wants to buy music anymore. No one can afford the show. And this isn't, and I don't blame the public. I blame the economy and I blame the importance that we put in money and the fact that there isn't enough to go around for people to be able to spend on luxuries like music. So it's like- I would specifically blame certain corporations too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it's- It's fun. So me and Alex had recently talked about um, like the Napster era- and like the crisis that that presented for the music industry, the solution they came up with was to save profits for corporations, but not for artists, right? Yeah. Like the Spotify method is keeping major labels and corporations afloat while saying artists have to accept much less than they used to accept, you know? That's yeah. Right. And also in the fact that like, you know, these days artists, their deals are like really unfair. You know, you're basically just lucky. It's like, just count your blessings that you even have a shot because everyone wants to be in your place. And it's like, 
Of course I understand that, you know, and I take that seriously, but that's like a given. Like that doesn't mean that I have to give up. I have to live on the street, you know, just to do what I love. Like there should be standards for, for culture and for contributing to culture in, in society. And, um, I think we're, we're not forgetting that, but the corporations are really good at making sure that they get all that money for themselves. And then they, they oh, make yeah. it seem, then they gaslight us. They're like, well, it's your fault. You're, you're worthless. It's like, uh, thanks. I think <laughs> we might need to bring back the guild system. The guild? To limit the, the, guild yeah, limit the amount yeah. of musicians. <laughs> oh, that, well, that too. Yeah. Limit the amount of musicians who are allowed to exist. Everyone gets to vote on whether new musicians are allowed into the fold. Every year, it's like yeah. the purge, but for musicians. Yeah. <laughs> you know who's yeah. going to make the cut? Sleepy John. Sleepy John. Sleepy, Sleepy John is going to be chairman of that guild. Yeah. You know? oh, hell yeah. yeah. Um, oh, shit. Sleepy, because Sleepy John has worth, you know? He's got Sleepy John worth more than, is worth more than any of us right now. Any of us. This is true. He's any a of us God. combined. Well, yeah. Wait till people find out about hair dryers. <laughs> Seriously. But that's yeah. so much well, work. Don't. Well, Sleepy John and the big Sleepy John industry doesn't want you to know about hair dryers, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> hair dryers kind of reminds me. Uh, it kind of reminds me of those YouTube videos where it's like uh, a song playing in a different room and there's just a, a high cut on it. <laughs> oh, like, really? You, I've never seen that. You can just put it on in a different room. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, There's just too, much too much content. Too much content. It's true. I don't just, know. You know, I mean, the the cumulative effect of all this too is. Uh, I I talk about this a lot, but or I've been talking about it more and more lately. But like, when we all feel worthless and we're told that we're worthless and then we start groveling and there's the, you know, you're, you're kind of barely making a living, you know, yeah, or not, you're not making the living that equals the amount of labor that you're putting into it. The people that don't have that problem are people who come from inherited wealth. Right. And, Oh yeah, of course. And yeah. I mean, it's always kind of been the case in the arts. Definitely. Like that's, that's it. but I think especially with music, especially with how, expensive your startup costs are uh you it's it's caused this weird narrowing of voices you know across across class lines totally you know? yeah like art's which, which become a, this sort of class it's kind of like this there's a divide there for sure yeah it's yeah not sustainable it is definitely not sustainable <laughs> and i think the i think the industry is still trying to figure out um, you know, we were, ta- we were talking about this before we started recording, but, uh, you know, the idea that, um, someone like Billie Eilish or like previous to that Lana Del Rey, you know, they're presented as people who have come out of these platforms when actually they've, they've got a huge, uh, marketing machine and a, and, and you know, a very laid out program and money behind them to mm-hmm. sort of get them into the public consciousness. And they're, careers then become a justification and a sort of boosting up of these platforms. They're in, they're almost in service of the platforms. It's like the music industry patting itself on the back saying, no, this stuff works. It really works, but Mm -hmm. it's, I think another interesting case study is Lil Nas X where he technically did 
like get famous independently, but the way he did it was just the most cynical and manipulative shit where like he uh, had a Twitter account where he would just copy paste viral tweets um, and like steal stuff in order to get like 200,000 followers. And then he would just like go on Reddit and stuff and make anonymous posts about his own song. Like, Hey everyone, what's that song that goes there? Where got the horses in the back? Like, it was oh just this very <laughs> what a smart he boy personally carried out a very exactly like That's, he knew how cynical he had to be to like make it work and it did pay off for him but it's respect. like such a bizarre and shitty thing to have to do yeah, yeah. i mean you got to create your own buzz you know fake it till you make it buddy but yeah it's like it's and, and strange too man this conversation could go like 1400 different ways but like it's just strange too cuz we're just in a time where there's like not a good, there's no, like the watering hole for music discovery has been displaced or dispersed. So now there's not like a real epicenter where you can go and learn about things. The music industry isn't necessarily yeah. strong. Like it was say eight, five to 10 years ago, you know, where there were still places you could go to learn about music. Now it's like things happen kind of from the ether and they go away into mm-hmm. the ether just as fast. And so it's like, I think people in general are really cynical. And then they're like, and they're also really sort of, I don't, I don't mean desperate in a bad way, but people are just desperate to, f- to f- connect to that vein and they, no one can find yeah. the vein. And so then what happens is that they go to Spotify and they're like, I don't know where to find out about new music. Like I'm going to listen to some of these playlists. Well then the, here we are, you know, and then p- the playlists are become this huge place for music discovery. And if you're not on these playlists, you're like, completely tossed into the the cesspool of like forgotten artists and yeah that's who you have to play to nika i gotta ask you uh like because i've I've had recent experience with this but i want to know if your experience has been the same do you get or have you got pressure from you know uh sort of market marketing department or a and r people at your label to service these playlists, like to get on these playlists, like do they do they put a lot of importance on it when when they're talking to you about releasing an album? Um, they, uh, they definitely like ha- suggest, and I did something like a Spotify track by track commentary for for Spotify exclusively for one of my albums, yeah. and that was a request of my label because they're like, you know, if you do this, you know, this will help kind of, you know, you build, you you do a good thing for Spotify and they'll, they might do a good thing for you and put you like on some good playlists. And they do stuff like that and like really kind of pander to playlisters. And, you know, I haven't really, my label is so, so like unique in, in where they don't force this stuff, but um. But yeah, 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 that that has been like a thing I've tried because it's like I want people to know and listen to my music, like of course, and I want to be on these playlists because that's where people find out about. Do stuff. you like? Did you see any benefit at all from it? None, none. Yeah, or, yeah. I had this. I've had exactly the same experience with both with operators and with definitely with Wolf Parade. Uh, I've had. Uh, Canadian labels say, you know, we might have to delay the release of the album digitally before we can uh, talk to the Spotify people and make sure you guys get on the whatever, you know, indie post-punk playlist Mm -hmm. for Spotify. And none of it makes any sort of tangible material difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, uh, you know, I'm becoming more cynical at like the longer I'm in this and it's almost, almost been 10 years, but it's like, you know, if I have to do all of this other stuff, like 
I, I'm already making the music. I'm produce, you know, I produce, I, I write, I work on my chops, I go on tour, I do all the things. Yeah. Like I, we put so much work into this as a business, but yeah, but as a business with integrity, it's like. I'm a professional musician, which means I have to be smart about what I do with the music that I make. But why, like, now it becomes this thing where you have to spend a lot of time just sucking up to these people that you don't respect. And it's like, I can't do that. Yeah, I feel the same way. I, you spend time sort of sucking up to these people that you don't respect who are actively, also actively working to devalue you and... Mm -hmm you know, your comrades in art, uh, your late, like they're actively working to devalue yeah. your labor it's and sort of dissolve you and your, and your friends and coworkers into, uh, into just sort of a soup. Yeah. <laughs> it's an exact parallel to what's happening to Deadspin right now with their like venture capitalist overlords. Yes. Like you see this literally everywhere. It's, it's a function of how the economy is built specifically, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I think maybe though, like, well, I don't know if it's like premature to put like an optimistic spin on this episode here, but I think, and I'm curious of your thoughts on this, Nika, but I think that out of anything out there, Patreon is the only thing that's like a glimmer of hope in a way. Um, it, it kind of serves to reinforce the bad behavior of other services by like, you can make money on Patreon, so then Spotify can continue to screw you over. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but generally yeah. speaking, it's much better. The terms of it are just much better than any other online thing. Totally. If you told me that years ago, remember Pomplamoose? Yeah. They, that they started, <laughs> yeah, that they started Patreon. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. in like 2012, if you told me like they, those people uh, doing the the cutesy covers with the toy instruments, they would uh, have this kind of effect on like art in general. Like they I respect would be one, that guy. One though. of the only positive forces. Yeah, yeah it's like I guess I, I read, um, begrudgingly respect him now. I read a profile of him, and the interviewer asked a very good question, kind of like what I was just saying. Of like, doesn't your platform enable other platforms to be shitty because you're just putting a bandaid on their bad practices? And he was like. Yes, and we can't solve the problem because we don't know how, but the world is marginally better with us than without us, so I believe in the company just as a marginal benefit. And that was like the coolest response ever because every fucking tech guy is always like, we're changing the world. Yeah. We're going to fucking transform everything. And he was very honest of like, look, at the end of the day, artists are going to have a slightly better life with us, so I think that's why yeah. it's worth it. Right. That's yeah, it, correct it's and like, true. It's like when uh, food stamps and Medicaid subsidize uh, Walmart's low wages. It's like... The solution to that isn't to get rid of food stamps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's to crack down on Walmart, just like the yeah. solution here is crack down on things like Spotify. Exactly, but I think exactly if I because um, I I just get so excited to talk about this because I think that this is the beginning of a, a change in the way people interact with the arts and with music, and we are rebuilding our value as artists in this way. And uh, just Patreon has been such an incredibly positive reinforcing. Uh, just thing to come into my life because it's taught me what really matters in terms of like why I'm doing this as a musician. It's like, what do I need? What do I need in order to make this a sustainable career for me? And then I make these realistic expectations for myself. All I really want to do is make music, go on tour and then, you know, see the, and then otherwise be around people that I love and do something that's honest. And if I can do that, that's awesome. And then 
I ask that of the people that actually get something out of the music. Those are the people that I'm trying to connect with anyway. Like, why yeah, don't exactly, I just go yeah. to them and go, hey, you, you know, look, this isn't, this model isn't working for any of us. And so let's try this something different. Let's try mutual aid, you know, Kropotkin, yeah. like, you know, like, yeah. let's try, yeah, exactly. let's yeah. try something different because at the end of the day, and, th- and this has changed the way that I just interacted with business in general is like, you know, my father owns a small, very small business. And, you know, I, I always saw the importance of people choosing to come to his business instead of going to a corporation or a larger chain right next door. And it's like, if I have a voice and if I have a, a, a possibility to choose, I would prefer to choose to support the independent business, to support the independent person. And then, and then that creates a microeconomy with without the needs for this big business. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. if we all just start oh, exactly, supporting yeah. each other directly, like fuck all those bros on top. Like how about you yeah. start making toilet paper? Like this person will start <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like let's just replace let's just replace everything and then and yeah. do it it's ourselves. It's kind of a u- utopian collectivism like yeah. I don't know. That's a, yeah. I mean, the idea of a utopia right now seems pretty far off, but but I think the only that we the only way we can get through this is like either we all like go back to school and become doctors or or like or or we start working for the companies that are screwing us <laughs> over or yeah. or we we just try to rebuild the the economy of what it means to be an artist and build the integrity from the ground up. Starting with I, totally, and yeah, yeah. I, I like, Patreon is one of those things that's doing it right. I think. Yeah, I like um, I like what you said, Nika, about uh, it changing your your approach to like business practices within the industry. You know, like your experience in Patreon, and I think for a lot of people, like definitely, you know, I myself, Davoika, everybody I work, you know, everybody in Wolf Parade. The common theme over the last couple of years is like. There is a there are a lot of people in the industry of sort of non-commercial cult music that are making an absurd amount of money and serve really no purpose. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> when when especially when there's a scarcity. So it's like, you know, by all by all reports, there's the same amount of money in the pool for like capital M music, mm-hmm. but somehow that less and less of that money is getting to the people who are creating it. Mm-hmm. And I, I like Patreon and things like Patreon in that they sort of, in a political way, like kind of expose the 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 uselessness of uh, the middleman in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Oh, absolutely! It's very yeah. undermining. It's like, and when you think about what is a middleman in our society, almost all of it. Really, I think yeah. almost all of our the 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 grossness of society is about the middleman. You know, and so, and we, we consider that evolution or growth, but I consider that trauma in a way. It's like, you're making things no, more absolutely. convoluted. Like <laughs> things were so much easier. You made it all complicated now. Um, yeah. yeah, but Patreon definitely helps. And I know I've spoken to so many artists, you know, people will come out of the woodwork be like, yo, can I like talk to you about Patreon? I'm, I want to start something, you know, but I think people are scared because it's it's still not, it's relatively stigmatized and I was stigmatized against it like um, for quite a while and that and Kickstarter and stuff. But when you just. I remember talking to you about Patreon like 
what, two years ago, three years ago, mm-hmm. like when you were in Montreal before you started it. And I, th- I think at the same time, Spencer was planning on starting up Patreon and, and just like a couple weeks ago, you did that live, that live stream concert from the woods. And it was, you know, yeah. amazing oh, use of the platform. So yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you, I, I mean, do you make a de- what you consider like a decent amount of money on that platform to supplement your income touring? Do you feel like it's sort of replaced the the deficit, like where record sales have disappeared? One hundred percent, yeah. With that, I can I pay I can pay my bills. So there are some months uh, this year I've been taking off writing, and I've been able to do that because of like Patreon. You know, whereas usually I'd be very stressed out. I can't focus on writing because I have to make money, but I don't want to tour. You know, it's like that, that problem, those dry years. And that's the thing about being a musician. It's like that one good year, it's supposed to serve, it's, it's supposed to feed you for three years, you know? So it's like that one good year isn't even that good because divide that by like the three years you're going to need to survive off that income, you know? So it's it's supposed to fund you, fund you for the building blocks for the next year. Right. When you're, yeah. When you're at home for six months, like dreaming up whatever is going to be on the next album, which workshopping it, recording it, spending money recording it, you know, by the time you go on tour for the next album, you're definitely in the red with someone with the record label, with your management, you know? Yeah. I would say like the consistency of Patreon rocks because, and actually this is funny. I read something on Patreon where they said like, Oh, we find that people on average each month lose like 3% of subscriptions and you kind of work back up. And I thought about it for E1 and I was like, oh, that's almost exactly right. Like there's almost like a science to it they've kind of figured out where you can expect to lose like a handful of people, but you almost always keep the vast majority of them. Mm-hmm. And so you know what you're getting month to month and you kind of know where you're like planning things out in a way. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing about it is just the actual percentage that you end up keeping is basically like about 90% which is so much better than like anything else. Like for E1, we do the t-shirts through like some other website because like we sell too many to like ship them ourselves, but too few to have like a really dedicated good thing, you mm-hmm. know? Right. So for every like $20 shirt, we're getting like $4, I think tops. Yeah. And it's like, that fucking sucks, right? That's like 20% or less per shirt. That's another um, thing that people don't think about. They're like, oh, you know, you're selling all this merch, you're making all this money, and you're like, you're going on <laughs> tour, you're playing all these shows. It's like, you ever heard of overhead? Like, yeah. just like anything else, there's overhead to a lot of stuff. And like that number that you may see that's a potential, that's like the gross, buddy, you know? So, and yeah. then when you think about like cutting that, between the label and the manager. And yeah. If you have a business manager, they potentially take a percentage. And at the end yeah. of the day, a you're booking kind of, agents. Booking like, agents. Yeah. It's like, yes. You're like, okay, I, I, so recently, I got a quarter. I, I, re- I recently had a thing where, like, so like all those people commission on gross. Yeah. Which is fucking disgusting. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Because sometimes yeah. my expenses are. <laughs> I I'm, I take a loss like with just with expenses yeah. alone. So then I'm just having to pay someone for that. It's like yeah. oh god, totally. I, <laughs> to lose money. Yeah. I recently had a had an experience with uh, you know Devoika and I were out with operators for six weeks in mostly Eastern Europe, uh, Balkans, Hungary, Central Eastern Europe, and then we went to Ukraine and Russia, and uh, it's. I don't know. It's 
these are places that we had toured before. We have like a fan base there and two points on that whole tour. One was we talked to our booking agent about not playing London because we looked at it and we were like, we're not, we're going to sell the show out, but our expenses are so high Mm -hmm. that we're literally going to lose fucking money. I hate that. I London. (laughs) (laughs) I had to do the same thing. I was like, why do you want me to do this quote unquote underplay? Like, you know, they use these terms or whatever in London when I'm going to. Did you do it? I did. Did you do it? Yeah, I fucking did it too, oh, and I no. wish I hadn't. It. They're always like, "Oh, Dev, but it's good for." Devoika the- didn't want to do it, and and, and for whatever reason, the re- I talked to the record label, and I was like, "Okay, uh, yeah, I guess we have to play London." Yeah. <laughs> it was just it was a great show, but we yeah. lost so much money. Just and then going, the other, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other the other thing that happened on that tour was I uh, I put together a tour of Russia and Ukraine, like just on my like reached out on my own our european booking agent has been super nervous about booking any shows in those territories Hmm. for the last couple of years and uh i just kind of got frustrated and i have you know friends who used to work sort of in the entertainment and media in russia and i got some names i got in touch with a guy he put together a package tour that went from odessa all the way to st petersburg and we Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, his name is uh, Rudy, his, and that man's name is Paul Manafort. Um, but uh, but friend we, of the show, friend of, friend of the show. But we made so like if you include expenses, we made more money like uh, per show on that run than any other you know any other of the shows on the tour because the everything was kind of covered. Expenses were covered. And at the end of the day, we had to pay our management and our booking agent for this thing that we put together ourselves, essentially. Yeah. And that was a pretty bitter pill to swallow for me, you know. That's a, Sometimes I get frustrated with, I don't mean to get too, like, talk about business or whatever, but, like, I love I love, I love a manager. I love a manager. Like, you know, you need, you yeah. need a manager sometimes just to kind of help filter and, and, you know, it's helpful for me so I don't have to focus on all those micro details, even though I do anyway. And then I just get angry at myself because I'm like, yeah. I'm paying someone to do this. But yeah, it can be hard when sometimes yeah. they're getting more money than you are at the end of the day. You're like, okay, this seems wrong. So, I, you know, in a way, I guess Patreon is a way to sort of have another space open up where you can be artistic and not have to filter that whatever's coming in through, you know, people like people like a booking agent or a manager or a business manager. Yeah, and I think everyone does it differently. Um, but I chose not to involve my management or book anybody because my label, um, just because I felt like the whole point of it was this like, it's kind of like my break in case of emergency. It's kind of my like my little corner where I know that I can go here and this, that money that I see that is for me. And it's like, it's good. It's clean money. And it's there to, there to save me. So I didn't (laughs) want to bring in like all these people to be like, Oh, let's strategize. Like how you can best use this platform. Like, I'm like, Oh, it's, you're going to make it into that thing again that I'm trying to run away from. Yeah. It's kind of different for every person anyway. Like what people expect from you who actually like what you do. Yeah, you know? exactly. I think that like for doing podcasts, it's like 
we put out so much stuff for free that we do that I think a lot of the Patreon people understand that their money is subsidizing the free episodes as well as what's paid. Totally. So like on E1, occasionally people will whine that we didn't like put enough stuff in a particular month. But I think they're the vast minority of subscribers where the vast majority of people are just like, they understand that it's kind of like, the Patreon money covers everything we do and not just the bonus yeah. stuff, but totally. But, yeah. But isn't your isn't your motto fuck the fans? Oh, exactly. <laughs> I shouldn't be saying this on here. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to help fuck you. those people. I'm trying to help you out here, buddy. Oh, yeah. Self destruct. <laughs> they need to be giving us more money. <laughs> well, I love it. It's it's just good. It I like it because it's sort of um it's sort of an experiment in a different way to run a little micro society. You know, it's like this, yeah, it's like a test. Yeah, maybe this sounds um, slightly tangential, but it makes me think of like, I mean, the Grateful Dead, I think as a band are like boring and their music's just like plinky little blues rock. But as the smartest thing they ever did was realize that like their fans are a community rather than just like a commodity consumers, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're like, they created a community that's so durable and people just make friends around the band, not even around the music sometimes, you know, like that's so smart. And these days, like that's what people should be doing yeah. anyway, no matter what they're doing. Yeah. Kind of. And, and it's more authentic because people actually get to know one another and feel less alienated and shit. I, th I think it uh, totally works in an age too, where, uh, everything is so fractured and, and focused on it. It's not even micro genres anymore. It's just artist by artist. Right. Yeah. So you're not, yeah, totally. you're not necessarily going to become part of like a new musical movement. And if you do, that movement is going to be sort of fractured and mutated mm -hmm. within a year. So it's better to, yeah, it's better to just kind of focus on the people that actually support and really like what you're doing. Totally. Yeah, I actually I started a, a Discord server for my pa my patrons. So it's like if they have Discord, they're automatically like join they automatically join my my server. And it's been so cool because a lot of the people already had Discord. So they were like, Whoa, what's this? But then <laughs> there's you know, it's it's interesting too, because I get to know I get to know all these people from all over the world. It's like they all support my Patreon, but I know so many of them that I've seen like in Estonia or in Germany or in the UK or, you know, so it's yeah. like I know them all. And then I kind of I have like this sort of matchmaker in me where I kind of want to like be like, this person said that they like this and they live in the UK and this person lives in Poland and they like this, too. It's like. I kind of wanted to bring them together. And so, but doing that, mm -hmm. it was cool because it also s just strengthens the community because it gives them a place to go that now they don't have, no one really has a place to go. So it's cool that you can have a community around this thing. It's like, yeah, we all have liking Zola Jesus in common, but we, you know, they all like the same shit anyway. It's like, you know, we all like the yeah. same stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, we're all, you know, we're all in there like talking about Tarkovsky or like, you know, whatever, Throbbing Gristle or whatever. It's just like, you guys are the people that I was trying to find. Like when I was a high schooler living in the middle of nowhere and I had no one <laughs> knew who Throbbing Gristle was. And then it's like, you ha you kind of have to make the music that you, you know, and then you bring these people in and you're like, cool. Like I found my yeah. other people. So it's been really positive. How often, how often do you get to jump in on the discord and like, and interact with, with these people and like, and like, I just have it open all day. 
I have it open all day. So it's like sometimes if I remember, maybe there'll be a day that I forgot to look at it. But I usually try to keep keep in there because there's a lot. It's pretty active. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to keep. <laughs> that rules. Should yeah. we make one of those? You should. Yeah, it's we could. So we have the E one one that. I have, how annoying is the E one uh, Discord? I had to mute the E one Discord because I joined it. I think I joined the E one Discord by accident when we were doing an episode, and I, and it it's. They're all very nice, but it's super active. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's just like going off constantly. You're right, <laughs> yeah. when you're recording an episode of yeah. this, and it's just like... Bleep, 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 bleep. Well, I'm looking at it right um, now. It's cute. It's just like, it's so heartwarming to just see a community around. Because usually everything is so faceless that people will just... You'll post a link on Twitter or something, and be like you know, you suck or whatever. It's like, go die, bitch. Yeah. yeah. And you're yeah, like, cool, yeah. everybody hates me. It's like, this, <laughs> like, maybe I should quit. But then, like, you know, just being able to see these people, like, engage and, and just there's so much positivity. I'm like, oh, people do. Like, this is good. Like, I'm not crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah. So, wait, now, we, now we've gotten too optimistic here. Yeah, let's, uh, and too hopeful. Oh. I think what we need to do is um, get back into Sleepy John, the cynicism mode. Cynical John. Cynical John. Um, Cynical. Nihilist John. <laughs> I think, so what, what I really want to do here today is um, try to beat um, Spotify and Sony and all them at their own game. By like now that artists like Sleepy John have created this genre of album where you put 160 songs on it and they're all one minute long. I think we as artists need to step in and reclaim this genre for ourselves and create a classic of the genre that like Sleepy John is working in, right? Agree. Soothing Storms Volume 1. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need a, a really cynical name, though, that's going to get us a lot of like clicks, though. I know a lot of the, the playlists that that's on are like Deep Focus, Sleep, Peaceful Piano, <laughs> and shit like that, like... We should put a lot of words like that in there. Definitely. Ultimate vi- ultimate vibe cent- uh, centering hair dryer uh, alignment mix. <laughs> All right, ultimate vibes hair dryer um, peaceful piano. Chill. You got to throw chill in there. Chill. Chill. Yeah, yeah. Transcendental. Um, transcendental. Transcendental. Yeah. Uh, mindfulness. Mental. We got to throw the word mindfulness Study in there. Mindfulness. Uh, wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe crazy, sexy, cool yeah. to get some TLC fans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wellness. Sleepy John. Sleep. Sleepy John. Vibes. That's that's actually a great No, he's an influence on us. Yeah. He actually, not joking, he's our biggest influence right now on this album. <laughs> yeah. Sissy um, Graydon Carter. Yeah, Sissy Graydon Carter. Um, so our album title is somewhere in there. Ultimate vibes, hair dryer, peaceful piano, chill, lo-fi, transcendental study, mindfulness, crazy, sexy, cool, wellness, sleepy John vibes, volume one, sissy, Graydon Carter. <laughs> That's it. Something like that. That's a hit. That sounds good. like a good album to me. Yeah. Move over, sleepy John. I'm thinking John. we need, we're looking for maybe 60 songs about a minute each. We're looking for uh, maximum searchability. Yeah. Doesn't wanna, matter like, what the, the songs are. The so are. good. People got to no. listen to it because it's so good. Yeah, I don't care what it is, but I know it's good because we made it. <laughs> um, and we deserve to have not only everyone listen to it, but to monetize the biggest percentage of Spotify that we can. Um, 
We're taking money out of Sleepy John's mouth by doing this, but he was trying to take money out of our mouths, so... It's retribution, yeah. man. Yeah, that's it's a right. bit of a dog-eat-dog. Dog. Ooh, Retribution, that's a right. song title. <laughs> yeah, Retribution, <laughs> throw that in there. Um, Dog-eat-dog. Dog-eat-dog <laughs> dog ultimate relax mix. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> and since we need 60 titles, maybe we can just re- do a lot of Roman numerals yeah. after them. Yeah, yeah. But the album title... Album title itself should be approaching like Godspeed You Black Emperor length. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Um, what should the content be though? Like, um, I, I let's have midis of like the most generic classical music. <laughs> That's a good idea. to public domain. Furious. <laughs> yes. Pub- yeah, public domain for Jaka, uh, purely. <laughs> like mis- mistagged. Yeah. So it's like a Mozart Moonlight Symphony. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to write that one down yeah. as well. And then you like gradually have like thunder and then like forest fire sounds. And, oh, like, can we do a song called um, Thunder uh, Imagine Dragons 2? <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're like just take one word out, like uh, imagine thunder. Imagine thunder. <laughs> yeah, imagine yeah. thunder too. Looking at the thunder and rain titles makes me think that you could just do uh, fire and rain. Ooh, fire and rain. And uh, get, earth, get some of the James earth, Taylor. Wind and rain. Yeah. Yeah, earth, wind, and rain. Everything like that. Maybe like something about the wind. pineal gland or a pineal. Pineal? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> sure, I'll do that. Yeah, pineal gland. Pineal gland. Earth, wind, uh, Third eye autumn chakra. sounds. <laughs> Third eye Earth, chakra. Earth, wind, autumn sounds, September. <laughs> That's a really good one, dude. Yeah, this this album's already coming together. We got about 10 song titles here. We can duplicate these by adding Roman numerals to a bunch of them. That's right. Um, we can make them so, all. Yeah, the mu- Never mind. What's Never up? Never mind. I was going to start going like, I'm thinking about like black metal like versions of these. <laughs> Like <laughs> soft ice melting from the mouth of a of a recently dead corpse. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm write that one down. Uh, <laughs> Arctic wind blew, blowing through the eye socket of a uh, the skull of the great wolf. <laughs> um, I was also thinking you could uh, you could rope in the conspiracy uh, theory crowd, like for again for maximum ser- searchability, but just like. Um, like ultimate harp, uh, mind control, relax. Yeah. QAnon. Um, what's another word that's related to Muse? Harp, mind control, black hole. Yeah, there you go. Um, so in terms of the content, though, we got MIDI public domain classical music. That's a great idea. Um, then I think we got to use just audio from this episode. Totally. Yeah, definitely. Um, soothing ASMR sound. Actually, wait, we should each do like an ASMR line. What's a good, what do people say in ASMR? Uh, they say stuff like, relax. <laughs> That's Calm the so, fuck down. Yeah. Chill out. Today, yeah. we will do something different. Holy shit. Calm, <laughs> calm the fuck down. Yeah, you should do ASMR on your Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I love ASMR. Hey guys, we're sponsored by Purple. Ruin your credit. I've never, I've never tried to do ASMR before. I'm going to try right now. Um, it's relax. really, it's really gratifying. Relax. Go to sleep. Just fucking sleep. Just calm the fuck down and relax. 
Is this you trying to do ASMR? Yeah, am I doing it right? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I don't know, just saying relax Years is ago, ASMR. <laughs> Years ago, I came up with Fox the bit of doing... over uh, the lazy dog. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with the bit of doing racist ASMR, where I was like saying things about the Irish while whispering. <laughs> and then uh, the Burzum guy stole it from me. No. He started doing it unironically. He started doing racist <laughs> ASMR on YouTube. That's amazing. And he owes me money for that. Yeah, all those. We're going to take that money back from him and Spotify plays those now. That's big. That's right. Racist bug. He needs to go back to jail. I'm sick of him. No. We're, re- we're reclaiming um, uh, racist AMR spaces. <laughs> from Varg. From Varg. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, we got the classical MIDI, we got the ASMR, we got clips from the episode. Um, Dan, you were saying you could run some of this stuff through, like, some modular synths and just other uh, gear you got? Yeah, yeah, I can uh, slam it through the uh, slam it through the granular, uh, granular synth and uh, just slap a bunch of reverb on it and make it sound like, uh, you know, make it sound like a, like a haunting Arctic wind or... Like, um, what else? There's a song title right there too. (laughs) Hunting Arctic wind, like a, like a toilet flushing, but across the, across the apartment. That's like, yeah, (laughs) that's, that's like a relaxing sound. A good song title is toilet flushing ASMR. I feel like you guys are going to put more work into this than Sleepy John's put into any of his thousand hours of music or whatever. And that's why it's well, going to be better. Well, that's because we're artists. It's going to be a classic of the ta- genre. You guys are taking this too. It's like they didn't even work this hard on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <sighs> Our pitchfork, uh, the pitchfork review of our uh, relaxation record is going to be at least three and a half points higher than the sleepy john pitchfork review <laughs> yeah they should start reviewing that stuff they should <laughs> yeah to be fair it'd make me actually read it isn't it funny There's that one of the most popular one of the most popular artists on spotify has never been reviewed by pitchfork how out of touch they are now <laughs> yeah it is it's almost exactly. it's almost as funny as how pitchfork uh, still hasn't reviewed the uh, e1 album yet I know, dude. Maybe I shouldn't have um, sent them a passive-aggressive email about it, saying they can give it a five and then revise it to a nine later. (laughs) And I said um, they could use the first three paragraphs, uh, since Felix is on it, to talk about what does Chapo Trap House mean in 2019 and all this shit. (laughs) They review stuff that isn't on Spotify at all. They review stuff that's on Tidal. Yeah, like random... Yeah, yeah. Which isn't even a real uh, streaming service. Here's the thing Sleepy John's put out almost a thousand songs. He put out a thousand songs in a year and they're not going to give him the time of day. What posers Pitchfork is. Um, Okay, the last thing that I can think of that we definitely need in this album is a skit. We got to bring it back to sort of like 90s style. Yeah. Some like Um, cool Keith. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool cool Keith. We got to do a skit right now. Yeah. <laughs> What's a skit that we can insert into the album that we can record right now? Um, I feel like something with like a lot of like door opening, like. Yeah. <laughs> I just need some bunch of sound effects. I think it has, yeah. I think it has to start. <laughs> it has to start with a phone call, right? Doesn't every skit, yes. good skit, start with like a we phone need, like, call? A okay, how about? <laughs> There's both a phone call and a door opening where someone is talking to someone who's in the room and who's on the phone. Yeah. I think like the outcast thing to me is they're always like buying weed or something and the weed man's being difficult. <laughs> so I think we got to do that as a skit. Um, 
Who wants to, how about, uh, we need someone who's walking in the door. Who's a protagonist. I'm, so, I'm going to say Nika's the protagonist. Okay. Nika's the one buying weed. Okay. Um, who's the dealer who's behind the door? Dan. Uh, I'll be behind the door or the dealer. I'll be whatever you want me to be, man. Um, okay. You're the dealer. Yeah. You're the okay. dealer who's behind the door. Okay. Then either me or Alex should be on the phone. Okay, what's going on here? So, <laughs> so I'm the police. <laughs> I think honestly, if we just up. all just kind of like, t- like, like if it's if there's just a cacophony, I think that's a pretty successful skit. I, I agree. Here's what's we all okay. need to be talking. Uh, Alex, at once. you're the police. Alex, you're gonna show up in a minute as the police. Uh, Nika, you're calling me on the phone because I'm your friend, and I also want you to pick up. And Dan's the dealer who you're opening the door to talk to. Okay. okay. All right. I'm so calling that's the you. Scene. Nika, you're gonna walk in the door. Yeah, you're you're both calling me and walking in the door. What am I calling you to? No, you're the dealer inside the door. I think it's better if it doesn't make sense. Okay. Uh. Hello. 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 Uh, hello. What? Hello. Uh, I'm opening the door. What's up, man? How's it going? How you doing? Uh, uh. Uh, good. Uh, yeah, you got where's the, the money? weed, though? Where's the weed? I got the money. Uh, you got the goods. I want to see. I, I want to see the money uh, before I give you the weed. Oh, why are you gonna be so difficult, man? Bring, bring, um, bring, bring. So, see, hey, who's that? Here, here's what, the I money. Thought you Take came the al- money. Well, I thought you were. I thought you were alone. I thought I told Take you to come, right now, come to buy the drugs alone. Run. All right, okay, I, I'm taking the money. Uh, here's, here's the. <laughs> Wait a minute! Don't you have a phone call? <laughs> I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to interrupt your phone call. Oh, hey, it's me, your friend. Could you pick up for me? <laughs> I'm suspicious of okay. this. Okay. <laughs> this is the most stoned um, skit. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not wearing a wire. I'm not wearing a wire, and there's no way the cops are going to show up to bust this deal. Hey, the guy on the phone says he's wearing a wire. What is this? Wait, why is he on I'm the just, phone? Uh, I, I thought it'd be too dangerous to show up, so I wore a wire over the phone. <laughs> I, th- I think they're bugging your phone conversation. <laughs> All right, well that counts. Is that the, what? Did, were the police supposed to show? I'm sorry, I'm out of character now. Um, I'm sure glad. Alex, that- were you playing? Were you playing the police on guitar there? Yeah, I was playing every breath you take. Uh, guitar okay. part. Um, so it didn't pick good. up on the. It was yeah. It was kind of like cutting in and out. <laughs> it picked up on the uh, the audacity. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The fans will hear it. <laughs> that was so well, good, guys. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a good part. That's a good skit for yeah. the album right there. We'll edit it. Just speed it up. Yeah. I think there should be one. Yeah. That's like an update of the D's nuts one from the Chronic. Oh, where yeah. it's like all the all the Zoomer memes, where it's like, uh, uh, do you know what lick my is? Do you know what suck my is? Do you know what both of the... is? Yeah, <laughs> both of what? Oh, both of uh, fuck you. God, Dr. Dre's skits were always so like mo- almost all skits were lame. The only skits that weren't that lame were like Wu Tang and Outkast, I think. But even then, they were really cheesy. Still, yeah, I never got the skit. I call them skips. Because that's what I do when I hear him. <laughs> oh, oh damn, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was brutal. We need a studio applause after that. I'll insert that later. That would be a good track, too, just studio applause. Oh, <laughs> I'll add that to the skit. 
<laughs> for that whole track of the album is just applause. Or just one person <laughs> clapping. Yeah, it's true. After every track. Yeah. But not even like not even putting in the effort to, to clap. After every just track, having, like, there's a um, track of applause. We should do that. Absolutely. Just having one yeah. clap through a delay. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Is there anything else we could use on this album? Again, I just think stretching and slowing down the, the existing content. Use the content. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, Nika's got the right idea here. We don't. We want to put. Uh, we want to put as little effort into this as possible. Yeah, because that's yeah. the point. Like, it's maximum profit for minimum effort. Yeah. <laughs> After the skit happens, uh, we should just stretch and slow down the skit. <laughs> <laughs> reverb, Valhalla shimmer, reverb. That's right. Oh, maybe I'll do an auto-tuned version of this. <laughs> <laughs> we should make some iDoser track. Some what? Remember iDoser? What's iDoser? No one knows about iDoser. It was like those uh, MP3s that were supposed to get you high through binaural beats. Oh, what? yes. <laughs> and they would be called like heroin or marijuana or whatever, and it would just not do anything. Oh, yeah. Okay. I do remember this. It's just trying to like induce like placebo effect kind of thing. Nothing wrong with like, that. Like you don't even have to do anything. You can just have like two sine waves playing. Cause it's not gonna work regardless. You can yeah, exactly. make it sound like whatever. <laughs> okay, there you go. You've got uh, I don't know, what, ten more tracks of uh, binaural beats to, to get you high. But it should be like it should be like uh, ibuprofen emodium. Uh, Tainted vape cartridge from California. Yeah. <laughs> Children's multivitamin. <laughs> All right. Well, I think in less than the length of our album runtime, we've made the album. It's actually going to take more time to listen to the album than it did to conceive of it. That's how you know you did something good. Um, and that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's good art. That's what you call a uh, working smart, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, unless anyone else uh, has anything to add, um, maybe we've uh, done our work here. I feel like a I'm lot of ground good. was covered for sure. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for stopping by, Nika. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you.